good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Allison, Deb, Luke, all the way from Geelong. Bit gloomy down there, mate. Bit gloomy where I am too. Usually it's meant to be uh, the best weather up here in Queensland, but it's not at the moment. It's a bit, uh, a bit icky, so uh, there you go. Hopefully you're all well wherever you are. Morning, Ingrid, Jay. Good to see you, mate. Haven't seen you for ages. We need to catch up. Hope you're awesome. Hope you're awesome. Andrew, good to see you, buddy. Hey, uh, well, things uh, get warmed up and people jump on the live. Quick intros. Most of you already know this, but if you're new, my name's Jason Witten. And uh, been uh, doing morning wealth coffee chats. Welcome to another one. Tuesday, the 17th of May uh, for a few years now. And uh, along the way, been sharing some ideas, some inspiration, maybe some experiences uh, for you as a property investor, for all of us as property investors to keep our eye on the prize, building our pro uh, portfolios for the future. Uh, been property investing over 20 years myself, coaching property investors across Australia and New Zealand. And uh, along the way, learn a few things. You know, we've, uh, we've helped Clients buy over 10,000 properties, 7,000 clients across Australia and New Zealand. So, you know, had some experiences. And so each morning we get together, Wealth Coffee Chats, we share a little bit of that, around about 8, 10 each day, weekday anyway, and uh, we try to share a bit of the wisdom about keeping going on this journey. We've got a couple of sayings around here. Those who have been here on the regular know them. This thing is a marathon, not a sprint. You need to buy well, never sell. It's gonna take time to build your portfolio. And uh, today I wanted to circle round on uh, number two of the seven plans that every property investor must know. And uh, for us as property investors, uh, Certainly in the realm of PAYG, if you've got a job, you've got a career, which is excellent for your ability to borrow, you want to be able to maximize that as we go along. So, you know, we're going to talk about that one today. Um, morning to Brendan and Kelly and Nicole. Uh, Dave, thanks for the shout out, mate. Yeah, we had some technical issues last night, <laughs> but we, uh, we got through uh, and... Uh, if uh, what we'll do, we'll probably uh, re-record some of that anyway for you guys. But today I wanted to circle around and touch base on finance because it's part of those plans. And for those who joined us from the mentoring groups or those who didn't see it last night at our mentoring program, uh, I thought I'd sort of touch base on that this morning. So let's dive into finance. And at the end of the day, you need funding, you need finance, you need lending to catapult you forward or propel you forward when it comes to building a property portfolio. But, you know, at the end of, look, in reality, uh, it's complicated. You know, there's 113 lenders out there. Uh, there's different strokes for different folks, not all brokers, not all financiers are made the same, you know, built the same. So it is complicated. But what I want to do this morning is try and break it down into some of the simple things that you can take to the right finance team and get you know the best outcome possible. 
there are two pieces. There are two pieces to finance. There's two main things that we have to understand. Put them in the chat if you know what they are. Morning, Brendan. Um, put them in the chat if you know what they are. What are the two things that we must know and understand for finance? They are the, they are the, the end calculations that propel us forward when it comes to our ability to continue to borrow and build our portfolios. There's two bits to borrowing, to lending, to buying property that we need to make sure we get the hang of. Put them in the chat if you know what they are. Number one, Alice, boom, serviceability. I think that's it. There might be another I somewhere. Bill, it, T, there we go. Right, the ability to borrow using our serviceability, Alice, boom, straight away. That's all about your income, your dollars. How much income, in really simple terms, how much income do you have that the bank, the lender, will allow you to use and this is the sometimes the tricky part, will allow you to use to qualify for some loans, okay? Now, um, that one I'm not gonna dive deep into today, but you, you, could, you could have a look at some of my past Wealth Coffee Chats. You know, your job income, your rental income, they're really solid. Other incomes, you know, share and dividend income, you know, other investments, those incomes are marked often less than your main income. So that's something to be aware of for sure. All right, serviceability. Uh, and the last, the second one is your borrowing power. We call it the BP, borrowing power. But it's your ability, uh, uh, like Deb said, the ability to leverage, right? Uh, leverage and the percentage of leverage, you know, uh, 80 to 90%, like that is the best uh, area for you as a borrower to be able to get the most out of your uh, lending serviceability and your leverage capacity. Basically, in simple terms, what money do you have coming in? What deposits can you get hold of, including some equity, including some cash? Those two things, they're the only two things that we need to understand as borrowers to improve at all times. Like whenever you get stuck, whenever you get stuck, strip it all back, don't get confused. It is just about servicing and your ability to get access to your deposits. Sometimes, I know a lot of people, some of you sitting there right now, have got a lot of equity Lots of equity, but yeah, Alice just said it right there. Your ability to service and borrow that equity is a challenge, okay? So when these times, uh, you know, in these days, Alice, what can we do about that? How can we change that? How can we improve that? Let's talk about what that is. When it comes to finance, there's other ways here that you can improve those things. Uh, I mean, pretty simple one, obviously, is earn more money. Now, it's simple to say, not easy to do, potentially. The more money you earn, the better off you'll be. Um, and uh, 
able to access and leverage. So we're going to talk about those two things in these terms uh, this morning. And uh, there are six things that we could do right now, maybe with existing lending or lending we are looking to get when we come uh, into the uh, in, into the future, what might they be when we structure our loans? Structure our loans, okay? Um, other ways to make sure you increase your income, make sure you are claiming your tax deductions and getting those back ASAP. Buying a newer property rather than an older property helps with your servicing. Yes, it does, okay? There's some refinance there. Put the rents up, absolutely, Brendan. Put the rents up. How do you increase your income? I'm going to be talking about the plan, the structure of your lending and how you can think about that, right? So the, the six keys, and we talked about this last night, so some of you guys might have been there. Um, some of you guys might have been there, and we talked about these last night, but it might be a really good refresher. Tell me in the chat right now, you guys know this, as a, as a borrower, <coughs> excuse me, interest only or principal and interest. Right now, if you have any principal and interest loans, that is eating into your serviceability significantly, significantly. Especially when you as an investor, now we, we chatted about this last night as well, you know, if you are in the acquisitions phase, this is where you need to buy. Some properties, buy time. This is buying time, right? If you are, or I want to buy five properties, but I've got two now, or three, I've got three loans, okay? And uh, people say, well, well you know, uh, when do I pay the properties off? You don't pay properties off in acquisitions. It, 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 there's no, it doesn't make any sense. Most of us don't have significant spare money to be paying off things and continuing to buy. There is a stage, there is a season. The season of buying is all about interest only, get the rents up, get your income up, maximize your capacity to buy and borrow as fast as possible. The next, eight, the next season, which is the consolidation stage, that is when you could start to debt reduce if you choose to, okay, if you choose to. And, and, We've chatted about this a few times, but I'm not gonna go into that. So just, that's the, that's the lay of the land, okay? So, over here, it's interest only. Team, interest only. On your borrowing. Let's have a look at this. Interest only, on your borrowing. And if you can get it, five years, okay? Five years, interest only. Thank you very much. Now, um, P&I, the reason we don't do that, every time you make a principal payment, you're sending it back to the bank, you have to ask for that money back. If you've got extra payments, we'll talk about that in a minute. Now, the next part, do I fix it or do I let it float? All right. Um, and for many of us right now, the best thing to do is let your interest rate float, okay? Fixed interest rates have gone up significantly. 
in the past couple of years, some of us have been able to lock in those interest rates pretty nicely. Nothing wrong with that. Nine times out of 10, however, in the last 20 years, 20 plus years I've been investing, it has been much better to let your interest rates float um, as we're going along. So we go interest only, floating interest rate. If you do wanna fix something to know your exact costings of whatever that might be, sometimes fixing your owner occupier property is quite useful, but talk to your broker about that because you wanna make sure you have access to capital and your equity if you get some growth, okay? So as we go along, do we fix, do we float? Okay, in the world of making extra payments, let's do this one. In the world of making extra payments, do we put, that's uh, not gonna work, let's do this. Do you put your extra payments in an offset? or in a redraw? Tell me right now in the chat. Huh, Greg's already all over it, mate. He's like, boom, offset. You don't use redraw, okay? Redraw, again, that's an extra payment that's been made over and above the payments you're committed to. That now is in the bank's bank, not in your bank. You have to ask for that back um, and yes, uh, absolutely, Alison. If you can afford to make extra payments on an interest um, on an investment property, then you do interest only, and you make the extra payments that you thought you should make because someone told you, you know, oh, you should pay off your investments. Rubbish, not in acquisitions, and you put it in the offset account of your principal place of residence. Your investment properties are tax deductible. Your owner-occupier home is not tax deductible, okay? That debt is a bad debt. Investment debt is technically a good debt. It creates an income, it's tax deductible, and, it, and you own an asset that's going up in value over the next 15 to 20 years. Happy days. So it's offset account, team. It's offset, offset all the way. Offset, offset, offset. All right, let's have a look at... The next part. All right, what's next on our list that we can have a look at? Can you see that? Yeah, that's fine. The loan term. The loan term. Right now, if you've got a loan, and let's say you've had that loan for maybe, you know, five, seven, eight, ten years. It could be time to reset that loan term, and I was using the example last night, 20 years back to 30 years, okay? And on your PPR as well, your principal place of residence, why? Why would we reset that? I'll show you in a second a little example. Because what it does, it extends out the time frame for payment, and it will drop your monthly, weekly, fortnightly commitment to the payment which will increase your cash flow, which fixes or improves your serviceability. Okay, um, let's have a bit of a look at that. So loan term, if it's if you've got the ability for your loans to extend, do it. Okay, it reduces the payment. Now people say, when do I pay these properties off? Good question. We will get there, but it's not here. It's not here. Every single manoeuvre that you do in this stage is about 
getting the number of investment properties in your portfolio as fast as possible. That's what it's about, okay? Once you get them, it, it could be two, it could be three, it could be 10, whatever it is, then we kick into the next phase, which will be arranging your portfolio for income, for outcome, and things like that. Don't get the stages confused. I see so many people going, oh, I wanna pay it off, but I want to buy another property. And you have to, like, it's difficult. Most people can't afford it, okay? Cash flow wise, as we go. Hey, morning, Chris. Good, good to see you, mate, mate. <laughs> hey, Hardik. Good morning, mate. Good to see you. Sharon, shout out to you there too. All right, so the loan term. Stick to the plan. That's it. That's it, Hardik. Right. We're on the home stretch here, the last couple. All right. I'm going to call this uh, cross... Uh, secure or collat, okay? Cross-securitize, cross-collateralize. Now, uh, again, this one, right now, this, this, this one could be how you could get your next deposit, team. That's, it, sometimes it's useful in that way, right? So over here, you've bought a couple of properties. You know, you've bought three. You've got your PPR, which kicked it all off, um, and you're rolling along quite nicely. You want to get to that fourth one, right? It's it's kind of here. It's like you know, it's looking good, but it's stuck. There's a there's a barrier in the way. Whatever that barrier might mean, your ability to access that equity or uh, the comfort of the lenders, your your loan to value ratio, um, uh, maybe maybe too high. Uh, the LVR whatever that might be, get rid of that, um, whatever that looks like, okay? Most times, the cross-securitizing, cross-collateralizing of your first initial properties is a big no-no. Do not offer up another property in itself to the same lender, call it Westpac. Hey, Westpac, I've got an investment property, you lent me that money. Hey, do you want to lend me some more money on my next one? Okay, that's a no-no, okay? Especially in the early stages of your acquisition. But if you get caught at the end of the acquisition process and you're stuck, you're stuck and you can't move forward because of the lending issues that you have, it is okay to offer up one of those properties and cross-collateralize, cross-securitize to get the, the last one. Yes, use different banks for sure, Brendan, 100%. In the first three to five loans, if you can do it, use different lenders. Uh, often what you will see is when you get to your kind of your maximum, you'll get start to constrained and it's that's kind of last one or two deals that you want. You've got to get a little bit more creative and push into it, okay? Now, over here, what I can tell you, when I can, what I can tell you, and this is like, I was like, ah, oh, what, what do you mean? It's a big no-no to cross-securitize and cross-collateralize in the acquisition stage. Massive no-no, massive no-no. But over here, in the lifestyle stage, 
it's actually extremely advantageous because your equity is so massive, you offer up all of your properties in a certain way or divide it into two, you know, two bunches. And the mainstream lenders, when you've got truckloads of equity, when you're borrowing at 40 or 50% loan to value ratios, actually offer you the most flexible lending. When you wanna borrow at 70, 80 and 90% lending, they are not the most flexible lenders. So it's like blowing your mind here maybe. So, but for most of you, you're not here yet, you're still over here. So this is it. You've gotta maximize your ability to get access to your income and access to the equity and the cash that you have, okay, as we go along. And last but not least, we're talking about interest rates. Clearly, if you can get a better interest rate, that will help your serviceability. Your ability, your an interest rate at 3.5 compared to 4.5 is certainly important to understand. However, however, um, let me just quickly show you something. I showed I showed it last night. Uh, where are we here? That one. Here we go. Hopefully you guys can see a little bit of that, actually. I oh, don't know. All right, let's go there. There we go. Uh, hopefully you can see that. If you look at down the bottom here, and this is where the cheapest interest rates, the cheapest interest rates for the lenders, you might not be able to see it, folks. The cheapest interest rate actually often with the lenders choose up the most of your servicing. How does that work? Blow my mind here. All right, so the banks have to service you or um, calculate your servicing based on the variable rate, not the interest rate you are getting. What? Okay, so, so if I'm getting a 3% interest rate on my loan, What's the floating, what's the variable floating rate for the banks at the moment? It's kind of 4.1%. So then they have to put on top of that 3% and service you at that. Okay, that's what they have to do. So right here, you might be getting a cheap interest rate, but your servicing is getting consumed significantly, just chewed up because the main lenders, and you can see, the top four lenders in there, Combank, NAB, Westpac, ANZ, have a look how expensive or high the interest rate is when it comes to servicing you. Um, I'll do this for a second. Maybe that. Maybe that's. Is that is that a bit better? You guys can see that. So. That is a challenger issue. All right, so let's go to the next slide, which is this one. Oh, and let's go back, actually. I'll just show you something. So here, look at this. Look how much they can, they, they're going to let you borrow. 
All right? You know, they're going to let you borrow, you know, 400 to 500 and it serve and you have to service higher. All right? But let's go to the next one. If you look at different lenders, banks versus non-banks, their ability to service you, have a look at these guys here. Now, they're only having to service you based on the interest rate they're giving you plus a plus a um, a 2% or a 3% buffer. And have a look at the top lenders here. And we talked about this last night, so you know a few of you guys might um, and and it was it's a bit clearer now. <laughs> so Seven hundred thousand dollars, six hundred to seven forty. The difference is significant when it comes to your ability to borrow because if you go shopping, team, if you go shopping, if you go shopping for this low interest rate, it might be low on paper, but what it's not low on is servicing. Yeah? Okay? And that, ladies and gents. For us as property investors, you can't be, it's not about penny pinching and saving five bucks. You don't get wealthy. You don't build a property portfolio saving $20 a week in acquisitions phase. You don't. You don't build a property portfolio by trying to scrimp and save in acquisitions. It is about the purchasing of those properties. Get on with it. We have to pay to play. Later, later you can rearrange your financing, your funding and your cash flows over here. And the lenders won't give you money that you can't afford based on your circumstances at that point in time. As long as you're not lying about your income, some people do. Don't do that. All right. What do you think? Let me know in the chat, team. Does that make sense when it comes to our finance plan? Okay. Understand, we're in acquisitions. Ultimately, we want to do end up doing two things, improving our servicing and getting better buying power and leverage. Interest only of principal interest, interest only. Let it float, use an offset, extend your loan term. Entertain cross-collateralizing if you need to. And for interest rate, don't get caught in that. Banks versus non-banks, important to understand. Important to understand. Going forward, I think it's going to be the next five years, the non-bank lenders are going to be... Um, there you go. Ashley, uh, you know what, Ashley? That's a good thing to know now that you're not structured effectively and you can structure it effectively and then make it work. So awesome. There you go. Um, yeah, you should be able to, uh, once this is, once the live's finished, team, you should be able to go back and uh, and um, rewatch it. How long is the acquisition phase, uh, Vivi? Hey, listen. It's as long as how many properties you need to buy. All right. 
All right, I'm running late. My child is saying, Dad, come and take me to school, so I better go. <laughs> uh, I got excited this morning. All right, team, you guys be awesome and well. See you tomorrow for another Wealth Coffee Chat. Take care. Bye for now.